figure's gold plate was all that kept it from tarnishing like everything else. Moroni Traveler is a good Mormon name, Farnsworth said, his voice slightly off-key, probably with embarrassment, something that often happened when people came to see a private detective. He and his daughter settled into the two clients' chairs that faced the desk. Traveler sat behind the desk, folded his hands, and studied the pair closely. Farnsworth was gray at the temples and looked to be about forty, wearing sharply creased gray slacks and a short-sleeved dress shirt with a tie. He had heavily muscled forearms, blunt hands, and a worry-free face that reminded Traveler of every Mormon bishop he'd ever met. His daughter was small-boned and overweight, on the verge of escaping her teens and maybe even the blemishes on her chin. A pale green tent dress failed to camouflage her excesses. "'You look like a weightlifter to me,' Farnsworth said, still avoiding the subject of the visit. I was when I played football. Now I prefer to use my head. I followed your career. A Utah boy in professional football isn't all that common. On the phone, Traveler prompted. You said something about a missing person. Your firm was recommended by a colleague of mine, another dentist. I take it there are two of you. Despite the lettering on the door, Moroni, Traveler, and Son... Traveler's father insisted on calling himself Martin, since he hated being named for an angel. Who's missing? Traveler asked. My daughter's fiancé. Traveler nodded encouragement. Suzanne has been out of high school for two years now, Farnsworth went on. That made her twenty, Traveler thought, slightly older than his original assessment. She's been attending Westminster College, studying business while waiting for her fiancé to get back from his mission. Suzanne blinked, causing Traveler to notice her reddened eyes. After a moment, she wet her pale lips as if intending to speak. Her father beat her to it. The axe is laid at the root of the trees, and every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit shall be hewn down and cast into the fire. Suzanne surprised Traveler with a smile. Danny likes to give people the impression that he's a religious scholar, but he only memorizes those passages in the Book of Mormon that suit his purposes— he thinks I should be having babies by now. I'm a bishop in the church, Mr. Traveler, though I may be stepping down soon because of the growth of my dental practice. The more patients who depend on me, the less time I have to devote to scriptures. Suzanne's left eye, the one that her father couldn't see, winked. Daddy was asked to step down. The church likes to maximize its tithe. The more money he makes, the more they get from him. You see what this young man has done to us? Farnsworth complained, though his tone was more amused than condemning. His absence has set her against me. My father wants me married, so do I. I still don't know the name of the man we're after, Traveler said. What am I thinking of? Farnsworth tapped himself on the forehead. His name is Heber Armstrong. Now there was a good Mormon name, most likely derived from Herber J. Grant, a former president and prophet of the church. One of Traveler's classmates at Roosevelt Junior High had been named Heber. Everyone called him Heeb, a nickname he had detested to the point of fistfights. Suzanne took a photograph from her green plastic purse and slid it across the desk. That was taken about two years ago, just before Heber left on his mission. The young man in the photo was gangly, but then Suzanne had been that way too when the picture was taken, fifty pounds ago. He had light hair and was squinting into both sun and camera lens. She held out her left hand to display the small diamond ring that was half buried in the flesh of her finger. 
It was the day we got engaged. Right after that, he was called on a mission to England. He disappeared a month or so before he was due to come home. What did the police here say? That England is out of their jurisdiction, Farnsworth answered. That it's more properly a church matter. And the English authorities? As a bishop, I know a lot of important people there, in and out of the church. For months, they've been telling me that everything possible was being done to find him, but nothing happened until the day before yesterday. Farnsworth stopped talking and looked to his daughter. That's when I saw Heber, she said. He's here, back in Salt Lake, and hasn't even called me. That's why I know something terrible has happened. She rubbed her eyes, making them redder than ever. Susie was on the bus at the time. By the time she got off at the next stop and went back, he disappeared into the ZCMI. Traveler could see the upper facade of the Zion's Cooperative Mercantile Institution from his eastern window. In Pioneer